how much better would your life be if you wore the same exact shirt every single day? Well, kind of like we're doing now. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Grow With Tim podcast. Ladies and gents out there, we appreciate you being back with us. I'm Jay Du. And I'm Tim Joyner. And we're talking today about the power of deciding once. I'm going to sound like I've done a whole lot of homework on this, but Tim, you've really done the research on this topic. And uh, we got to get in before everybody loses interest here on like, what the heck was I talking about with that shirt thing? So <laughs> what is the power of deciding once? What, what does this mean, Tim? The average American makes about 35,000 decisions a day. That's what the researchers tell us. And, and there have actually been a lot of different studies on this topic. And some of them say 25,000, some of them say 50,000, but somewhere in the range of 30, 40,000 decisions a okay. day, yeah. which is just crazy. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. So it's a lot. this is every minute detail. It's yeah. Every, I mean, a lot of these are, mm -hmm. I mean, almost subconscious. They're very little low value decisions. But here's the problem. Your brain, just like a muscle, like your bicep, is susceptible to fatigue. So okay. you're making 35, I mean, imagine an exercise, maybe you're doing sit-ups. I don't care how buff you are. You do 35,000 no, sit-ups. Do 30, I can't eat 35,000 grains of rice. Right. Like, we're talking more like 35 sit-ups. Right. Yeah. So the more you do, the more tired out you get right. and you just can't keep on going. Right. So if you are making $35,000 or 35,000 decisions a day, yeah. You don't have energy to make the big, important, life-changing decisions that mm. you need to make. Okay. Good so point. we've got to figure out how to decide once that, that actually sets off a whole domino effect of good decisions. We've got to be able to reduce the number of decisions that we make. And one way to do that is to decide something once instead of deciding over and over and over again. And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Today. So my question already out of the gate is, does your brain, does any of the research or what you've uh, thought about this, does, does your brain have trouble deciding between important and non-important then? And yeah. it also has a fatigue. Uh, there's, yeah, you're switch, susceptible to yeah, that. Switching back and forth is really uh, difficult for most people. And yeah. if you end up spending most of your energy on – the, the easy decisions, which actually your brain craves, it's sort of like junk food, right? Okay. It's a lot yeah. easier to eat. Right, that's what I'm something. saying. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, why there's so many decisions. There's a lot and there's but that's most why of them are small. World leaders and people that are are intentional about this are really good about eliminating decisions. So the classic example is right from your opener, somebody like Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs came out on stage every day. He showed up to the office every day wearing what? That black shirt. A black turtleneck. That and turtleneck, jeans. yeah. And and why? Because he didn't want to waste mental energy deciding, should I wear the blue shirt or the black shirt? So he just picked, I mean, he had a whole closet full of black turtlenecks and jeans, and like that's what he wore every day. Like a superhero, yeah, right? Like a superhero. You just that's pull why. out the same cape every day. I thought Steve, probably because of those those regular blue Stonewatch jeans and those white tennis, I just thought he had to mow the lawn later. Yeah, right. You know, like, he just enjoys that after. But it's the same with Mark Zuckerberg. It's the same with a, a president. A president doesn't wear the same thing every day, but you better believe that the president doesn't pick his own suit, mm. right? He gets up, and the suit is laid out for him. Right, okay. His meals are selected for him. His agenda is worked out for him. All his travel arrangements are worked out for him. It's not just about saving him time. It's also about saving mental energy for making big, important decisions. Very interesting. So that reminds me of a story that I heard one time. I believe it was Sylvester Stallone was getting interviewed, and he had a meeting or engagement or a friendship with Bill Clinton. 
And he was saying that uh, he asked Bill Clinton, I think I'm getting the two people right, but it's definitely Bill Clinton, that he asked the president, hey, man, which decisions that come to you are the ones that really keep you up at night? You know, you have a lot of things, right? As a world leader, like you mentioned, leader of the free world, there's a lot of things you have to decide on. A lot of things can come to your desk. Which ones make you nervous, keep you up at night? And he said, all of them, because if they've made it to my desk, there wasn't anybody else in the country to handle it. So they're all super important. So like you're saying, things like what we're eating today at the White House kitchen or what he's wearing that's just not i did not well, someone else can do that that's right but the people have spoken and they need me to take care of everything that gets to my desk so i'm nervous about them all yeah interesting interesting i i think that most of us though look at a story like that or we hear a story like that and we say oh yeah well that makes total sense if you're the president it makes total sense if you're steve jobs or mark zuckerberg and then we stop and and what the few people that are like growth minded that are that are really continuously improving, a few of us are going to say, okay, if they've figured that out, how can I take advantage of that same strategy? And that's what I hope for our listeners today. And I hope for me to get better at is how can I reduce the number of decisions that I'm making so that I've got energy to make bigger, more valuable decisions. Got it. So we're going to talk about business and growth and give you a lot of tips, tricks, and examples here in a few minutes. However, I've got a question for you, Tim, about folks who may or may not be listening to our podcast that, uh, you know, are at home and they live with us. Are women typically making more decisions than men? Is that why they don't know what to eat? <laughs> What's going on here? So I've not seen the science on this. Intuitively, I we would can say make up the yes. science right. We here can make it up. Absolutely. People are going to believe eighty percent of our statistics that we just made up, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the science. I would guess that they do, especially if you're a mom. Oh yeah, for um, sure. I would My say goodness. that you're probably making a lot more decisions. You're making thirty-five thousand decisions per child. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, because you've got per to make day. all the decisions for them. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So I want to go back because as you brought up this topic and I started to think about my life decision-making process, I started to realize places where I have fatigue. Number one, I think for me, I'm having more mental and decision fatigue at the end of the day, mm -hmm. first off. So yep. I'm sharper in the morning. Yep. Can you speak to that? Like, should we be making bigger decisions first? Yeah. So it depends on your own circadian rhythm and like how where you find energy for many people, the mornings are their sharpest, their, their sharpest mental state. And so you absolutely want to batch your most important decisions in the morning. There are other people that are night owls that do their best work between 10 PM and 2 AM or whatever. So you got to figure out where it is for you. Um, but definitely be intentional about when you make your big decisions. Got it. Now, another thing is I started to realize the, by definition, if it's important, it has long lasting results. Yeah. And if it's not that important, it doesn't mean very much in the long run. So a lot of the folks who are listening to us, our friends, our colleagues, uh, folks we're in clubs with, they are those de growth minded decision makers. But what is the difference? You started to tell me stuff about folks who are maybe working that front line. If we have somebody out there who's looking to level up, but right now they're kind of working that front line, like how does their decision making process differ yeah. maybe than someone who has more weight or gravity or more people under their, their care responsibility. Yeah. So maybe we can put a graphic up on, if, if you're watching this on video, you can see it. But uh, if you want to picture a graph and uh, going the, the vertical axis is quantity of decisions. All right. 
and the horizontal axis is the not just the quality, like was it a good or bad decision, but was it significant? Was it a high value or a low value decision, right? So going up the scale is lots of decisions. Going over toward the right is bigger, more important decisions. And so if you picture a, a frontline knowledge worker, your entry-level white-collar worker, okay. you're probably making lots of little decisions. Tons of them. Lots of little decisions. Yeah. Lots and lots of them, but they're all... $10 decisions or $100 decisions or $500 decisions. And so if you, you know, put your entry level person, that's, you know, on the left top corner of this, of this chart, lots of decisions, low value. If you are an executive of a, you know, fortune 500 companies, you're making much bigger decisions, million billion dollar decisions, but you're only making a couple of decisions that matter a month, maybe, maybe two or three decisions a month that, right. that are, right. But the problem is many entrepreneurs try to be all over that graph at the same time. They're trying to make the $10 decisions and the $10 million decisions, and you just can't do it. You've got to be intentional about as you progress through your career and as you grow your company, you've got to be making fewer decisions so that you can make bigger decisions because you can't do both. And being intentional about that is really – and so some people say, well, I just need to make bigger decisions okay, great, but you're not going to have the energy to make good big right, decisions right. unless, first of all, you've gotten rid of the unimportant decisions. So you've got to figure out how to automate, delegate, eliminate little decisions that are low value so that you can have the energy to make big ones. It's very important to remember, we've talked about this in some other episodes, uh, that you do have to prioritize and keep your energy in the right quadrant and another chart that we've talked about before. And if you don't do that, you're actually going to stay in a state of maybe high energy because you have to make decisions, but a bunch of them are just making you irritable or they are taking away opportunities because they're not the right decision. You've got to make the decision 35,000, but there's just so many. How yeah. do you find those right ones, you know? Yeah, we did a podcast on that, I don't know, uh, a few months ago, The Power of Full Engagement, I right. think was the title of that, um, basically drawing from a book by Tony Schwartz and um, Jim Lehrer, I think it was. And the idea is that most of us oscillate between a, a performance zone, which is where you want to live, that's where you're productive and efficient, you're calm and you're clear and you're you're getting things done, and then this stress zone where we're still high energy, right, but now right. we're anxious, we're stressed out, we're worried. We're uh, and, and what this book says is you've got to figure out how to oscillate between high energy and low energy, but on the positive side. So if you can picture that quadrant that we had up, there's from uh, left to right was um, negative energy yep. and positive energy. Right. Okay. Bottom to top was low energy to high energy. And so most of us stay high energy all the time because there's so much stuff to get done. And just like that same muscle analogy, you never take time to recover. Mm. So anyway, right. we're getting we're, we're chasing it. rabbits. Well, but people need to be reminded of that. So go watch our other episodes. Now, Tim, let's get into some um, specifics on where we have failed in the past, because that's what has come up in my mind quite a bit. But I finally made a decision a long time ago that uh, hearing over and over and over that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. We're breaking that fast. We're getting our boost and our energy. However, our digestion takes a lot of energy. I got into the game, which I've mentioned before, of making sure I 
just went for fruits and vegetables in the morning. I made the decision one time now about 12 years ago. Yep. And I've got my Vitamix in me right now. It yeah. was, I had my baby spinach, my carrots, my cucumbers, my apple, my orange, a little honey, maybe some seeds. And uh, I've basically been able to stick with that pretty exclusively over the course of four or five mornings a week when I'm at home for a dozen years. And I feel that that has freed up a lot of mental energy so I can go start working or potentially work before I even have that meal. Yep. Like I go to work pretty early and look at some emails or read some things prior to getting my breakfast in. Meanwhile, my family, they're just asking tons of questions about different options all the time. I can't handle it. Now I can help them, right. but I'm just going to have the same thing all the time. Right. I love that not only for the nutritional reasons, but what you said about freeing up energy. It's just, that's a, that's a whole set of decisions that you didn't have to make. You know what you're going to eat. Some people say, oh my goodness, how could you eat the same thing every day? Fine. That may not be a strategy. That well, that's, works my for you. that's my wife. That's my wife. Cause she, she's also, you know, what has made uh, things simpler about her grocery shopping. Somebody else's uh, influence in my life is that she shops for the groceries and she knows what to get me because it doesn't change. Right. So she doesn't spend any extra energy trying right. to find things in the grocery store, go different pathways throughout Costco. Right. right. Because she knows what I'm going to eat. So for me, I like uh, variety, but I have outsourced pretty much all of my food decisions to other people. Oh, so okay. I don't do the same thing every day, but I also never decide almost never. So if, so my assistant has a list of restaurants that I like, based on the geographic area that I'm going to be. So today we're in the studio. So if my assistant is planning lunch for right after this, um, and she's in the Philippines, by the way, but she knows she's got a list and she knows that if she's booking a meal right after this, she's going to find one of the six or seven restaurants that's real close to the studio. If I'm at my downtown office, she's got a different list of downtown restaurants. If I'm coming from my home, she's got a different list of restaurants. And she's not going to ask me, where do you want to eat for that meeting with Bob? She's just going to put it on the calendar and I'm going to go to California Dreaming or wherever I'm going to okay, go. Okay, very good. And when I get to each of those restaurants, there, there's a big enough list that I get a lot of variety already. I know that pretty much I've got one meal at every restaurant mm -hmm. that I go to and I don't even have to open the menu. I know that that's what I'm going to get when I go there. So I'm not making any of those decisions. And if it's an, if it's some situation where she's not involved, let's say that you and I, neither one of us have lunch. And so you say, Hey, you want to go get lunch right after this? What am I going to do? You're going you to ask this. me where I would like to go. Absolutely. You're going to I'm abdicate not gonna make that call. or eliminate or delete <laughs> that responsibility from your decision-making list and put that pressure on me. Put it on you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, and if you come up with some place that I've never been before, then I'm going to ask you for a recommendation. I'm going to say, what do you like here? Yes. What do you like here? What are you having? Right. right? Because if you think you like it, you'll just have, I'll have what he's having. Right. right? Yeah. So I'm not going to make those decisions. Now um, I'm starting to figure it out, Tim. But what's interesting about this office is, uh, you know, we, uh, our studio here is multi-use from some of our other ventures, and we have a secretary here, me and my brother, uh, we use this studio as well, and we, the same thing, we, this area where we are, ladies and gentlemen, in the upstate northwest corner of South Carolina has, uh, it's just a transportation hub, so there's lots of restaurants within Almost within walking distance. I've heard here. there are more restaurants per capita in Greenville than any other city really? in America. I don't, we're, we're I don't eating, have that on good authority, but that's what I've heard. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, a lot of restaurants. Down. Some we get shrimp and grits everywhere. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, what what uh, we have done is we've given her that same list of the places, yeah. most places that we like to go here. There's probably 20 restaurants within our one mile radius here, and we eat at about a dozen of them. And she knows my order, so she 
typically goes around the office and the first person to say where yep. we should eat today, that decides the menu Every- for everyone else because she knows our order. Yeah. She just goes and gets it. Yeah, love it. And it just shows up and you don't have to think about yes. it. Yep. Okay. Now, Tim, recently we've seen some of your uh, TikTok and Instagram content. Make sure you follow this man, Grow With Tim. And I think you had a deciding once decision, a defining decision. How about that? A defining decision that you made one time for your cat. <laughs> I did. And you, I've heard you tell the story now to one or two different people. So refresh <laughs> our audience here. What, what was happening? So another theme we've talked about before on this podcast, and I talk about a lot, is getting rid of chronic frustration. Because for the same reasons, right, it, it, you, you need to preserve your energy to do really important things. And if you're constantly using up your energy being frustrated with the same thing over and over and over again, it's like you, you've got to figure out a way to get rid of that chronic recurring frustration. Okay. So I have done that systematically for two decades now. And I, I really have very few things in my life that are frustrating because I've either figured out how to fix them or eliminate them or delegate it or whatever somehow. I, so I don't have a lot of recurring frustrations. But I realized here just a, a month or so ago that I was being frustrated almost every single day with the same stupid problem. Mm-hmm. And it's a silly problem, but it was frustrating because my son has a cat. And this cat, I got to um, stop you right there. It's not your problem. That's the, how I feel about pets. It's yeah, your right. son's cat. Just let it out. Problem. Open the door and let it out. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> so the cat can't go outside because the cat had. If I come home, it can go outside. It can go outside. Watch. Yeah, Watch. cat. So the cat has to be in the right part of the house when I close. I close a door in my house so that I'm not heating or cooling the whole house okay. all night. And, yes. and the cat has to be on the litter box side of that door. Yeah, right. right of okay. Course. So. Um, I could make this my son's problem, but for other reasons, I've decided not to do that. I won't get into all of that. Anyway, it's my job to make sure that the cat is on the right side of the door before I go to bed at night. Well, this cat is like uh, an escape artist. The cat mm-hmm. loves to hide. It's a fun <laughs> game for this cat, apparently. Okay. But as I tell my kids, a game is only fun if it's fun for everybody. This game is not fun for me. Right. All right. This cat crawls into drawers, gets into cabinets, hides under the bed, hides under a different bed, hides under the couch. She's always hiding. And so every night I'm wandering around my house meowing like an idiot trying to get this cat to come out and I can't find it. takes I mean it might only take 2 or 3 minutes but it's irritating to uh, me that I've got every day 2 or 3 minutes <clears throat> right I'm stupid. losing this game. <laughs> All right so I realized about a month ago I don't know why it took me so long. I'd thought about a lot of different solutions. I thought like bells I don't want to hear bells all day long while this cat walks around like Let the cat out. Yeah Let I, it out. So anyway I finally decided you're I free. figured out you're free. <laughs> That I could, for 35 bucks, I can buy a collar okay. with an air tag. Oh. Mm-hmm. So now I just pull out my phone at night and like it points an arrow and says, here's where the cat is six feet away in that drawer, right? It's brilliant. So every night now I just pull out my phone and I hit find the cat and it walks me right to it. I scoop the cat up, put it in the right spot. It, it's taken the cat away has the, not won the game for a the month. The cat has not won the game. It's it's great. You I don't know what she what's thinks going on. about it, right. but yeah, it's great. It's great. But that's an example of where I had this little mental drain every night and it was stupid, but now I'm irritated and now I'm going to go talk to my wife or put my kids in bed or whatever I'm doing next. And again, it's low level irritation, but it was like a mental drain that I didn't need to experience. So I got rid of it. Now let's go back to business, Tim. You've got some action items and some takeaways where you can help us consider things that we're dealing with today in business, especially so we can get on that growth trajectory. What is it that we can do? How can we find these things? How can we decide once and how do we delegate or eliminate those things? 
So, I mean, you just got to think about where are the low value decisions. Okay. So there are decisions, for example, you and I do a lot of travel. Yes. Right. So there is no reason for you to figure out which hotel you're going to stay at or which airline you're going to use or what time you're going to leave. Like that is not a, that shouldn't make it to the president's desk. Right. And it shouldn't make it to your desk. Right. But it was fun. That's the thing. Some of those things, the excitement of travel kept me doing them longer than I should have. Yeah. Well, if it actually gives you energy, that's a whole different conversation. Maybe there's a case to be made for it if it gives you energy. But for most of us, uh, figuring out how we're going to get to the airport and when we need to leave and um, where we're going to stay and what flight we're going to take and all that stuff, it's just low value. So Especially the especially <clears throat> just the time of booking it. Just think about the time. It, right? Absolutely. The time yeah. is the obvious one that right. a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to do that. But I think even more valuable is the energy okay. that it unlocks. So how do we just, yeah. And, and if you're, now some of our listening audience are what we call satisficers, right? As Ooh, soon what as is this word, what is this you word? Don't know this word? Okay. No. So there's maximizers and there's satisficers. There's actually a test you can take to figure out which you are. But um, some of us are a maximizer. We want to optimize everything. We want to have the best solution. We want to have the best meal. We want to have the best travel arrangements. Others are satisficers. As long as it, it checks the boxes, I, I'm I'm going to get to a solution that works, and I'm going to quit optimizing. Oh, you are a maximizer. I just absolutely I'm a maximizer. Yeah. I traveled with you, so I'm a maximizer. I, I, that's its own <laughs> podcast. I'm going to start my own podcast episode. I'm not going to tell him. I'm going to release it to you guys about how this man travels and what happened in Brazil in this car. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I am a maximizer, and so if I'm making my own travel arrangements. I'm agonizing over, not agonizing, but I'm really thinking hard yeah, you are, about right. exactly what time do I need to leave. And if I take this flight instead of this flight, well, I get to see a better view because I'm going to sit on this side of the airplane. I'm going to see. And then if I. Meanwhile, I took a nap on yeah, this right. flight. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking about all, And if I'm, I'm literally making all kinds of little decisions. And then let's see, if I'm flying to Chicago, I can fly to O'Hare, which is right next to the place that I'm trying to go. Or I could fly into Midway. Midway is going to be $100 cheaper, but then I'm going to have to take an Uber that's going to be $27. And is it really worth the extra time? Well, I'm, I'm making all these stupid little decisions. And I, it's, it's not a good use of my time. So what I did was I created a matrix. There's literally a little spreadsheet that says, here's how much it's worth to me. If I'm going to take off from Greenville versus Charlotte, if I can save more than $250 by flying out of Charlotte, it's worth it for me to drive to Charlotte. There's literally a value in a spreadsheet. And so when my assistant now, I still want an optimized travel experience. I still want all those details, but I don't want to make the decision. So she just got a whole, she just plugs in the stuff and it does the math and it says, oh yeah, Tim's flying out of Charlotte on this flight. He's going to take ground transportation from midway to here and he's going to stay at this hotel. And like, she works all that out. I don't have to think about it, but I still get my optimized travel. Very good. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Okay. Very good. Any other takeaways and decision-making techniques that you can help us understand or what do we do next from here? How do we get started? Yeah. So I just use travel and restaurants as an example of low value decisions. But what you need to do is think about what kinds of decisions are you making that you don't have to make? Mm -hmm. There are probably tons of them. Thousands. It, it could be things like, what are you going to wear? And maybe you say, well, I don't want to wear a black turtleneck. Fine. But you can organize your, your dresser or your, your closet where every time you get fresh laundry, you hang it on the right side of your closet. And every time you get dressed, you go from the left side of your closet, for example, and you just go in rotation and you know that you have 
you know, 17 different variations of a blue shirt yeah, and you right. have this many variations of, of uh, khakis or jeans or whatever, and, and you don't have to make those decisions. Um, it may be planning the day the night before. I think this is a huge way that you can free up cognitive load. If you know that you've got 10 things to do tomorrow, make a list the night before and work that list from top to bottom. So much of our energy, I had a day like this yesterday. I, I, I had three different meetings that got canceled yesterday. Really unusual. Doesn't happen very often. So I literally had three hours of unstructured time in my day that I was not planning to have, which should have been awesome because like I'm going to get all this stuff done. I have three bonus hours, right? The problem was I didn't have a plan for what I was going to do with it. And I sat there. I'm like, huh, what should, man, I feel time rich. What am I going to do with my hour? And then I'm like, well, I could do this. And so I started down and then I, I saw an email coming. I thought, well, I got time to answer that. I'll do. And then I got distracted with another thing. Mm-hmm. The whole hour went there by with me yeah. deciding what to do. It was stupid. And I didn't really get anything of value done. And then I had another meeting. Then I had another cancellation. So I had another hour. I wasted all three hours and I got almost nothing of value done because I was making and, and part of it was I was just had a low energy day and there were yeah. other things going well, on. You didn't know that it was going to be this type of setup in your time. But so many of yeah. us do that every right. day. Every day. We're like, oh, man, I've got so much to do. Which should I do first? I could do this or I could do that. And you, you dink around not making a decision. And then you're like, well, maybe I'll just play this game on my phone for a minute and then I'll have more energy to do it. <laughs> Guilty. It, it, so if you can actually plan the day, make a list and then work the list, you've eliminated all those little decisions. Like you've batched them all up, you've planned out the day, and then you just work from top to bottom. You can have the whole day's work done by two o'clock in the afternoon because you weren't wasting all that time making energy, making decisions. So anywhere that you can pre-make decisions, like I'm going to have a smoothie every morning, or I'm going to get up and the first thing I'm going to do is brush my teeth, and then I'm going to work out, and then I'm going to take a shower, and then I'm going to have breakfast. And you know, you don't lay there in bed like, ah, should I... Should I work out this morning? I don't know. I don't really feel like working. You just have a habit. You know that every morning you work out or whatever it is. If you can pre-make those decisions, you can reduce that 35,000 number dramatically. So either eliminate them, batch them, delegate them, or automate them. And there are so many ways. Like you can put your bills on auto pay. You can automate your investing. You can use direct deposit instead of getting a check. There's all kinds of little things that you can automate, delegate, eliminate, somehow simplify and free up your energy. And then all of a sudden you find yourself being able to take bigger risks and making bigger strategic decisions that actually move the needle for you. Your quality of life goes up, your productivity of life goes up. It's the power of deciding once. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, the next big decision that's going to change your life is this like and subscribe. Just decide once to do it right here at the Grow With Tim podcast and on our other social media channels. We hope you've enjoyed and learned something about yourself that we are easily caught up and bogged down in many decisions. We don't want that fatigue, so go ahead and decide one time. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to today's Grow With Tim podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to show us some love by following us here and on our other social media platforms. You'll find all the links at growwithtim.com.